when you know you have issues and you're a man and you can be honest and straightforward, you can get help. But sometimes we make the biggest excuses as to why we can't do what we're called to do. We can't do what we're asked to do. But I'm here to let you know, sometimes your issues will run into your destiny. Let's go. You have reached the I'm Dealing With broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Stay tuned as we talk about many topics that men deal with on a daily basis. Ready? Let's roll. Hey, good Friday afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever it is. I'm Sean, your host. Welcome to another broadcast of I'm Dealing With, otherwise known for short, IDW. Hey, we have uh, interesting topics that we're going to be talking about today. Something that's very influential, something that I, th- I believe is very important and dealing with this story that I will actually talk about that, that we men deal with on a daily basis. And one of the things that I believe that we deal with is is uh, our past, maybe our past, maybe our past hurts, things that we've done, maybe things we have not done, maybe even things that were done to us. And then we find out about these things later on. So um, we're going to be talking about this. But let's start off with our first quote. Check this out. This is let's start off with a quote. It says a smart person knows what to say, but a wise person knows if they should say it or not <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah so you could be smart but uh use some wisdom okay use some wisdom all right so we're gonna get right into it y'all see i'm actually i got a blueberry muffin here and some coffee i'm just yeah yeah we're gonna do this thing we're gonna talk about this and this is a, a story um that i believe um talks to and encourages us as men so um in this particular uh, story, it, it's about a gentleman, a gentleman, I believe, who had um, plenty of issues, plenty of um, problems, plenty of family history. And one of the things that uh, this particular man, let me just give you uh, some context. The man was born. This man was born. Um, and w- after he was born, he was hid. He was hid. You know, and many of us men have come from families that we were born. Maybe your, your mom was a teenager. Maybe she was 12, 13, 14. And um, you go through these issues. You go through a lot of stuff. Maybe you've gone through foster homes and things of that sort. So let's, let's deal with that, okay? So this man was hid. He was born and then hid. And then after he was hid, he ended up with a family that was not his own. You know, you know, many of you have been raised by foster parents. You've been raised by maybe, you know, grandma and them, you know, aunts and uncles, maybe strangers, people that you don't even know. Some people have bounced. Some of you have bounced from foster home to foster home, from home to home. And you've always dealt with the psychological issues and you start thinking to yourself, you know, where you belong. So this man, he's born, he's hid, and then he ends up in another home that does not belong to him, nor is it a home that um, he's familiar with, a home that belongs to his family. It's, It's none of those things. He ends up in a place that is completely scarce. There is Uh, nothing that he's familiar with or should be familiar with because that's not his family. So he starts off this young man being born and moved from the place that he should have been raised in. He ends up in what we call point one. He was born and abandoned. And he begins to ask the question. You begin to go through life. Many of us ask a question, who am I? And it's in the who am I that many of us go through life and struggle because we're trying to find out, who, you know, who am I? Who do I belong to? I mean, literally, um, who's my mom? Who's my dad? Who is my grandmother? Who is my father? Who is my sister, my brother? 
there's many people and I've watched plenty of episodes and TV shows where people have realized, uh, found out later on in life that the family that they um, grew up with, the family that took care of them is not their blood. And then they go through life thinking to themselves, well, where do I belong? Who belongs to me? Who's my kinship? Who am I kin to? Who's my real mother, my father? And you start going through life asking questions. And some, for some people, they are looking for their mother. They're looking for their father. Where was I born? Why, better yet, why was I even given up? Why was I abandoned? And many of you men right now, uh, sometimes that we do things because we have these hurts that have been buried so far within us, or maybe some hurts have just uh, have just come to the surface. And we we do things because we feel a sense of not belonging to anything. So this man is abandoned, and he's asking, "Who am I? Who am I? Where do I go? What do I do?" Um, I'm in a place that I just don't belong. I'm in a place that I'm not a part of. I'm a place. I have a. I'm in a place that uh, is not my. Uh, doesn't belong to my family. It's not even my family crest. My family name. You know. You look at what's going on in the country right now. There's a lot of people right now. You see the protests. You see a lot of things that are uh, happening where people are trying to find out who they are. Um, they want to be told who they are. Many men, you know, there's nothing like um, a father or a mother telling you who you are. And when you are going from house to house, home to home, uh, you know, moving here, there and everywhere or trying to find your place, even in your professional life, trying to find your place because you feel abandoned, you feel left out, you feel um, left alone. You feel put to the side, maybe even in business, you've just been, you know, left on an island by yourself and you're trying to find out who am I? Maybe you're going through a struggle in life, uh, a struggle in your job, struggle at home, a struggle, maybe even in your marriage. And you're trying to find and ask yourself, who am I? And who am I is a tough thing because you have um, in order to go somewhere You've never gone before. You've got to do something you've never done before. But in order to do something you've never done before, you've got to know where you've been. You've got to know where your family's been. You've got to know uh, the mistakes that they've made um, and things of that sort. And it's tough to figure out where to go when you don't know what, what has been done. So he still he deals with being born abandoned in the question of who am I? So then while he's going through life trying to figure out who am I, he he uh, he grows up. He grows up in the house of rules. He grows up in a house of prominence. He grows up in a house of awesomeness, a, a house that has a whole lot of things. He grows up with a silver spoon, but he is not blood. And while he grows up in this house with a silver spoon, with all the legislature and all the different things, the legalities and and uh, all this mm, prominence, he realizes who he actually belongs to, meaning not necessarily who his mother and father are, but he realizes he has a people who are his people. You know, um, there's many people right now who actually, um, you know, many of you, some of you have been, as I stated uh, before, have been adopted. Maybe you've lived with an aunt or uncle, whatever the case may be. And you're not living with your blood parent or your blood, I mean, excuse me, yeah, your blood parent, your, your father or your mother. So you're living with somebody else. But then you realize who you actually belong to, meaning who your people are. For instance, you may be a black man that's raised by a Caucasian family. You may be an Indian raised by an Asian family or an Asian person raised by a black family or whatever the case may be, but you, but you know now that they're different from me. They're different. They look different. I mean, I love them, but they look different from me. And sometimes uh, we try to find ourselves because um, we're trying to find people who look like us because we are surrounded by people who don't look. 
and we make decisions and choices, bad decisions, bad choices, good choices, uh, great choices, because of we're trying to find uh, the uniqueness and likeness that look like us, that maybe talk like us, that may, uh, that are clothed like us. And he sees some things going on and he realizes in the midst of all his prominence, in the midst of all the, uh, the nature, in the midst of all the material possessions that he has, that there is a problem amongst the people that he has come out of. Many of us have left, um, for instance, some of you have been born in, uh, in like either ghetto or you've been born in a place that doesn't have any prominence. You've been born maybe in a place that doesn't have um, substance and, and all the material possessions and things. Maybe you were born in a place where you know, there was no communication between the mother and the father, the sister and the brother. You were born in a place to where it was all about the coin. It was all about the finance, but there was no substance. So here he is. He's, on, he's in a place of finance. He's in a place of substance. He's in a place of prominence. He's in a place of having a whole lot of things. But the one thing he lacked, the one thing um, that caught his eye was watching people that he loved, people that he actually realized he belonged to. And many of us right now, men, we, if we were to tell the truth and be honest and straightforward with ourselves, many of us truthfully can't stand the suffering. Truthfully. Truthfully, we can't stand when we see another man uh, misuse or, 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 or mishandle a woman and or we can't stand when they mishandle a child. Oh, boy, that that right there. That's enough to shape uh, that'll change any type of man when you're out in public and you see a man. And we're talking about a man. We're talking about a man mishandle a child see a man, you see the abuse, you see the mental abuse that a man puts on a child. It changes the whole infrastructure. An honest, a, a real a dignified man who walks, who would never hurt anybody, would never hurt a flea. A real cool guy, a real cool cat. And let's just put it right, right. A real cool cat, right? And, he, you, and you know, it may be you, maybe somebody you know that wouldn't hurt a flea, but then when he sees a man mishandle a child, like snatch him, drag him, grab him by the neck, pull him by the ear, drag him on the ground. It changes a man to where you end up doing some things that you normally would not do. Right. I, I tell you, there, there um, there's not one time that I can honestly say that I saw someone mishandle a child and I said nothing. I was usually in the mix because there is some mishandling. Maybe you mishandled a woman. Maybe uh, you've seen somebody mishandle a woman and, and hurt them and drag them. And, and that's another thing that will change a man's perspective, that'll change a man's attitude. You can be as nice as you want to, but let some man, you know, regardless of size, start mishandling a woman and it changes you as a man. And this particular man, he saw his people, the people that he belonged to, the people that he was related to, uh, being persecuted, being hurt. And sometimes in the midst of that persecution, you begin to ask yourself, especially if you have um, a voice. And what I mean by a voice, some of you are business CEOs, you're business owners, you're entrepreneurs, maybe is like yourself, you're um, your content creators like myself, maybe you're um, a pastor, a leader, a minister, um, or maybe you're just an associate somewhere. Maybe you're a VP, a deacon, a whatever that is. And you see people, regardless of race, color, or creed now, and you see people being mishandled. My question to you is, what do you do? And many of us right now, as you see uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, we're not talking about, we're talking about, yeah, it's the movement, but let's talk about the people as a whole. We're not saying that white lives, blue lives, Asian lives don't matter. 
It's just that at this particular time, the focus is on black lives. I heard somebody say, you know, just like if this is the month of a breast cancer awareness and everybody's wearing their pink or whatever the case may be to focus on breast cancer awareness, you don't hear anybody talking about, well, what about Alzheimer's? That's not the focus this month. This month is breast cancer awareness. So when we talk about black lives matter and you hear the phrase of black lives matter, it's not saying that nobody else matters. It's just the focus right now is we've got to heal this. It's been going on for a long time, a long time. And many times people don't want to speak up on things regardless of, um, we're not, not just on the black lives matter, but on a lot of different things, whether it's, there's things going on at your job that you don't like things going on at home, maybe in your neighborhood that you don't like. And this is regardless now of race, color, creed. And sometimes we have a voice to speak up. We have a voice to do something, but we then question, well, should I, should I say anything? Or will I lose my subscribers if I say something? Will I lose my prominence if I decide to speak out against this particular wrongdoing or these wrongdoings? Will I uh, lose friendships and in, 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 uh, uh, sponsorships if I decide to speak out or say something? If I type up a quote in reference to what's going on at my job, in my neighborhood, in my home, how will that affect me? And we go through the, the ooh, wow, we go through these things on a daily basis, trying to figure out what to speak out on and what we shouldn't. And sometimes you have to use not just be smart, but you have to use wisdom because in all that getting, you have to get an understanding according to what to say. You just don't want to just blurt out and just say any old thing. But the one thing we can't do is be silent. So this particular individual saw some wrongdoings. And then he had to look around and he is in his looking around. He had to look around and see who was around. Could I say something? Could I not? Could I? But in his thing, his thing was to speak or not, not to speak. What if I act on this? Needs to say this particular gentleman decided to act and his act that he did was not something that you should normally do. It's not should uh, should be something that you should just go out and just do because you think you can. What he did was he slew the people who was persecuting those that he loved and then he hit him. So not only did he slay him, he hit him. So then he did the thing. Yes, he spoke up, but what, how he went about it was wrong. And it's not what you say. It's, it's how you say it. It's not what you do, it's how you do it. And the way he went about it, he did it wrong, completely wrong. As two left shoes, he was wrong. And then he decided to hide what he did. And many men, we do a whole lot of things. We say a whole lot of things. And then also we try to hide what we do. We try to sweep it under the rug as if it never happened. And I'm here to let you know, sometimes, many times, what you decide to hide in the dark comes out in the light. And anytime you want to speak up and try to do something about a situation, you have to use wisdom in how you respond to the allegations, how you respond to the mistreatment, how you respond to the, to the abuse. Because what you can't do is be completely silent and do nothing. Because doing nothing allows the problem to continue. But when you speak up, at least they, when you speak up and have a voice, at least what's happening, people understand that folk care and you're not going to take it anymore. So yeah, he, he speaks up, he does what he does. He slays them and he hears his issues. He hid what he did. And men, men, I implore you, be careful at what you do. Use judgment, wise judgment, wise counsel before you make a decision. For those of you that have wives, for those of you have significant others, because somebody is watching you, even when you're having issues at home, issues with your children, maybe issues with your parents, your brother, mother, father, sister, and brother, you're going through life. Um, you have to use wisdom in what you do. Sometimes, you know, as parents get up in age, you have children who uh, take over, or should I say, start handling uh, the financial aspects of their of their elder parent 
who can no longer handle finances. And you find many cases that people are really robbing their parent. Yeah, they're, they're, they're taking care of them on one end, but they're taking care of themselves with those finances. You're wrong. And people do that kind of stuff all the time. They link up with people of substance and of prominence to get something from them for themselves. They don't link up with them because they love them. They link up with them because you have something that I, and you got to be careful. You got to be, be uh, use some wisdom when you make the decisions that you make, because the seed that you sow will grow. And when it grows, it comes back with more than what you planted. And when that comes up into a harvest, which could be the wrong type of harvest, okay, the wrong type of harvest, you begin collecting all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're complaining about something that you planted. I don't understand why I'm going through this. Well, guess what? The reason why you're going through this is because of what you did. And some of the things, you, like I said, there are some things that you will do that will come back to haunt you later. So don't go through life thinking that you can just do any old thing. And not think that it's not going to come back. So the next thing right after that. So after he does that, he hides himself and hides the situation. He hides what he does. And he's like, I'm good. Right. Right. I'm good. I can just boom, boom, boom. Do my thing. You know, shake, rattle and roll. And I'm out. You know, I go back to doing what I'm doing. Hmm. Interesting. Isn't that like most men? We do some dirt. Not everybody. Not everybody. I'm not talking to you or you, but sometimes we do some dirt. Maybe, you know, somebody who does some dirt. And then after that, we cover it up. We like, we just go back to doing what we're doing. Right. Well, in this case, he tried that. And then he realized somebody saw him. <laughs> Man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You thought you got away with it, but somebody saw you. And the person asked him, what, if I do something like that, would you, you gonna kill me too? You gonna take me out too? You gonna body slam me too? You don't do the DDT on me, too. And uh, needless to say, it got back to the house that he was living in. And the person that he was living with decided he wanted to kill him. Yeah. I mean, he sent out assassins. Yeah. Imagine that when you think you can get away with something and the very thing you did is about to come back to haunt you. Yeah, it's coming back to haunt him. He thought he was getting away with it. There was a, if you want to call it, a spy in the land. Um, who actually saw him. Mm-hmm. Don't know if he had a telescope. Mm, don't know if he had a sniper rifle. We don't know. But the point of it is, is he saw him. So when it got back, all of a sudden, next thing you know, he is, this next point, forced out. Hmm. In our lives, men, there we'll go through a lot of situations where we will uh, be at work, doing a job, doing whatever it is that we do on a daily basis. And you find yourself in a situation where you have to make a decision. And sometimes it's in your decision that next thing you know, you're forced out. You're forced out because you're not a part, because you're different, because you think different, because you do things differently, because you don't operate in the same uh, ethical values that other people operate in, whether that be good or bad. And when you're forced out, You've got to figure out now what? So from knowing to now potentially trying to figure out, will I live or die? And you have to think to yourself sometimes your life is more important. So you go from knowing, I, I know the person I work with. I know the person I work for, the business I work for, the counterparts I work for, and you're forced out. There's so many people right now in this time in life that are forced out. They're lo they've lost their jobs. They're forced out. They've been told to resign, forced out. Here's a, here's your layoff notice. You're forced out. Business is closed down. You're forced out. And you go from knowing where your paycheck is coming from, knowing um, how you're going to pay your rent every month, how you're going to pay uh, your utilities, your mortgage, car note, tuition, schooling, debt to now. So he is forced out because now he's on the run. He's on the run. And then while he's on the run, he ends up in a place, a new city, a new town, uh, uh, maybe a place he's never been before. And sometimes when you're forced out, people, man, you've got to do something you've never done before. You've got to maybe maybe it's a move, not necessarily changing your residence, but it's a move. 
It's a move you have to make. Maybe you were always a truck driver and you're forced out of that truck driving job for whatever reason. And then you have to be a customer service person. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe you're a draftsman. You're forced out. Business closes. And now you have to be an electrician. Now you have to be a plumber. Now you have to be a content creator. Now you have to be a photographer, videographer. Now maybe you're a stay-at-home dad. Maybe she has to become a stay-at-home mom. You're forced out. What do you do when you're forced out? When you're forced, when you're forced out and um, your life is in trouble, what do you do? Do you sit and cry about it? Do you do nothing about it? Or do you change your location? Do you change your vocation? Do you try to get more learning, go back to school? Do you try to start and do something that you've never done before? See, this particular person, he realized that his life was important, so he had to cut. But understand his cutting, meaning he bounced, he left. He had to leave because they sought to slay him because of what he did not using wisdom because sometimes what we do causes us to be on the run causes us to um, have to move causes us to possibly have to relocate causes us to sometimes do something we've never done before and in this relocation he finds himself in this particular city doing his normal thing and he and ends up while he's on the run and I want you to listen to this. It's very important that you listen to this point right here. While he's on the run doing him, while he's on the run focusing on himself and his family, while he's on the run developing and trying to harness his own skills to make it, while he's on the run trying to better himself, trying to not think about what he's running from, while he is on the run, trying to change his life, maybe change his family's life, change his economical value, maybe trying to get a house, trying to get a home, rent an apartment. While he's on the run, he ends up lending service to somebody else that needs it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, or should I say, I'm not going to say sometimes, when you're going through your own problems, don't forget that somebody else is also going through some of theirs. And he ended up lending service to someone else who also needed some help. Doesn't matter how big or how small it was, but the simple fact that he stopped focusing on himself to focus on somebody else. And the reason why it was awesome, because it lended him and taken him to this next point. When he lent service, the word got back to someone else that there was this dude and hey, we needed something. He took care of us. Well, the person that ended up you know, receiving that word said, go back and get him. Bring him here. And they brought him here. They brought him to this house. They brought him to this home. They brought him to this acreage, this farm, this pasture. And it was in that farm and in that pasture that um, he got what he needed. And while he was there working, while he was there um, occupying, you know, his job, while he was doing what he was supposed to do. um, Next, you know, he sees something that happens. He sees something that he's just like, wait a minute. This is not to be. And he goes by and notices this bush. What's significant about a bush? It's not important. But it was because the bush was on fire and it wasn't consumed. Didn't have no burn marks. It was just fire in it. You ain't never seen that before. I, I look at it, too. That's just like seeing a, a, a car on fire. But the, but the paint still looks like brand new. The interior still looks brand new. The wheels look, still look brand new off the showroom floor. And it's like fire on the car, in the car, around the car. But nothing's really burning. What? That would definitely get my attention. So you can say it got this guy's attention. And it was in that attraction that he heard a call. And here's what I want to talk about next. 
the call. Sometimes it's in your disappointments. It's in your despair. It's in your relocation. It's in your bad decisions. It's in your misjudgments. It's in everything that you go through that you call negative, that you find that in your negativity and and some of the things that you've gone through in life that you get. Sometimes when you're down at your lowest point, you get a call. When you think you're down to your last time, your last dime, you get a call. When you think you can't go on after losing a loved one, you get a call. And this person got a call. And it wasn't like the normal phone call. It wasn't a text message. It wasn't an email. It wasn't a DM via Facebook or Instagram. There's a voice talking to him out of the bush. And in case you're wondering who the person I'm talking about, if you don't know by now, is a gentleman by the name of Moses. And he gets this call. And the voice is talking to him out of this burning bush. And in that call, he realizes when persecution meets promise, he dealt with persecution. He watches people being persecuted. He did something about it. But in him doing something about it, the way he did it, cause him to kind of be persecuted as well because now he's on the most wanted list mm-hmm. most wanted list so now he goes through this he's got to leave goes to this town decides to relocate completely but in the middle of that he's still in service to somebody ends up at somebody's house he's living he's working doing his thing and all of a sudden he gets called And it's in this call that the voice, meaning God, is telling him what the expectations are. This is what I expect of you. This is what I want you to do. This is what I need you to do. Mm. And when you're truthfully honest, men, when we're called, sometimes we're called for that job, the new job. You've always been a farmer, but this truck driving job is calling for you. You've always been a plumber, but the electrician job is calling for you. You've always been a technician, but this customer service job is calling for you. Many times we make excuses as to why we can't answer the call. And what I mean, answer the call, not it's one thing to hear what somebody has to say. It's another thing to do what they ask you to do. And many times it's in that doing um, that we have a problem. It's in that doing that we don't understand. It's in that doing because if we begin to uh, second guess or question um, what we've always been used to. And it's in that questioning that and when we understand who we are, what we do, what we're great at, what we're not so great at, we just question a lot of things and, and we um, get that call and we're just like, mm, I don't know. I, mm, I hear you. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't have my education. I hear what you're saying, but I didn't grad- graduate college. I hear what you're saying, but I've never done that before. I hear what you're saying, but, you know, we have these buts, 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 buts. And it's in these buts that this particular call You know, sometimes people really know you. They know who you are. They know what you stand for. They know your character. They know your uprisings, your downsettings. They know what you're good at, what you're not so good at. And in the times when we make uh, excuses as to why we don't do some of those things, why we can't really answer the call, why we can't do what we're told to do, the voice says to him, hmm, so you can't. And again, let me use my vernacular. So it seems like you're not doing what I've asked you to do. Why? Well, they won't believe me. They won't such and such. Well, you know, how they know that, you know, I've really been called to do this thing. How how will they know? And the question is asked of him says, what's in your hand? Which is now point number six, where he asks, what proof do I use? Sometimes when what's in and within you is reimagined. What's in and within is reimagined. 
because sometimes we use, well, you know, I only know how to do this thing. Well, I've done this all my life. I've been a customer service agent all my life. I've been a manager all my life, or I only have this particular background. But then because we've done it, that's the thing that we've always done. Well, won't you be a sales rep? I've never done sales before. I've never done sales. Well, guess what? Hold on just a second. Well, what's in your hand? This particular gentleman, Moses, had a stick in his hand. And he's told him to lay it down. Here's what I'm going to do. He changes the stick. The stick goes from that to a snake. It goes from this to that. And he, he, so he does a whole lot of different things. I'm sure Moses was like, <laughs> what the heck? Wait a minute. Wait, wait. That was my stick. That was my... That's my shepherd's stick. This is what I use to lead and guide. And wait, wait, I'm using this as a like a weapon. Wait, wait, hold on. This is this is not supposed to be an offensive thing. This is just supposed to make sure that, you know, there's no lions, tigers and bears. Oh, my. Right. You, I'm trying to use a stick to try to just lead and guide. So my sheep and the people I take care of kind of know where I'm at. And, and you know, that's just wait. And you're going to use it as a, like a snake. You gonna use it as a this. You gonna use it as a. So sometimes in what you're dealing with, look at your situation right now. Some of you, you've always been one way all your life. That's your stick. You've only been a maybe a stay-at-home dad most of your life. That's your stick. Maybe a father. You haven't done anything else. That's your stick. But now you're getting a call to do something completely different. And the question is, what's in your hand? Basically, what's in you? What's down in you on the inside that has never been reimagined? Because a lot of times when you're on the run, a lot of times when you're trying to figure things out, a lot of times when you're getting the call, the things that you say you can't do, they've just never been harnessed, but they're down on the inside, ready to be reimagined. That stick can be reimagined for something else. That other thing can be reimagined for something else. So don't despise the small things in life to say, I just can't do it. Because things can happen. Things can get better. Things can go further. And you have to think to yourself, it can happen. So yes, he questioned, man, you know, really? I only have this thing. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? God tells him what to do. So if you listen to that call, when you get that call, whatever that call is, your boss, the new boss, the new job, think about what you've always done and think to yourself, how can this be reimagined into something else? How can it be reimagined into something else? How can it go from a a stick now to a wrench? How can it go from a wrench to a ratchet? How can it go from a ratchet to a slingshot? How can it go from a slingshot to a rifle? You understand what I'm saying? You know, just use some different things, but it's all down on the inside of you. You have more giftings and tools uh, that have been put down on the inside that you've learned throughout the years. Maybe it's the gift of gab. Maybe you're uh, you're good at talking to people. Maybe you're good at a good listener. Maybe you're a good person to bounce ideas off of. Maybe you're a good provider, a good father. Maybe you're a nurturer. Maybe you're good at counseling. Maybe it's no longer about counseling now. Maybe you need to be a person who goes from counseling to now HR. Because you've, you've listened to people's problems, but now maybe in HR, you can take from listening to problems. And how can I use that to better our business and also help the workforce? You understand what I'm saying? So th- there's some different ways and different things to do that. So he goes from stick issues. And all I got is this. How are they going to listen? So then the next issue, he goes, well, all right, so. So now you've given, you've shown me that I've got all this and I can learn this and I can learn that. Maybe they'll believe me. But then he goes in and says, but I got this other issue though. Oh yeah, well, what's your issue? 
I got a stuttering problem. And when men, when we are truthful, when we were honest with ourselves, when we look at that mirror every morning, you know, many times we go to work or wherever it is that we go and we put on a, a facade, we put on that suit, we put on that power suit, or maybe you're a workout person. Um, you look at even Lou Ferrigno, as big as he was and as cool as cat as he was being the Incredible Hulk and all that kind of stuff, didn't know that he had a speech impediment and um, he had a handicap. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it was only until later on that his uh, later on in life that his speech was a whole lot better. You know, many of us, we always use excuses as to why we can't do the next thing. You know why? Because we know us. We know us. We actually know who we are. We actually know what we're great at, but we, we know our biggest uprisings, but we also know our downsides when we really know who we are. And many times we operate in what we're great at. And that's fine. Operating at what we're great at. We're good spokesmen. We're good um, mentors. We're good at listening. We're good leaders. Maybe we're even good followers. We're good at plans. We're good at providing value. We're good in these all these other areas. But there's areas of our lives that need help. So in this particular instance, he's asked to do something and he comes up with another excuse of why he can't do it. Because he knew, hey, you know, sounds good, but uh, yeah, I got issues, bro. I got issues. And he recognized his issue. So God says to him, look, fine, okay, you got an issue. So let me take that problem away from you. So I'm going to give you so-and-so and he's going, you speak to him and then he'll speak before the people. <laughs> so a lot of times we make excuses for why we cannot move forward because we know us we, we 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 know what we're not good at we know what we're not great at and we make excuses men your why your wives are asking you to do certain things and we come up with excuses why we can't do it our jobs ask us to do certain things we come up with excuses why we can't do them our children ask us to do things and we come up with excuses we can't why we can't your parents, your loved ones ask you for things and you make excuses of why you can't do them because you have a handicap or you're unlearned or unchallenged in those areas. But I'm here to let you know that when you're honest and say, you know what? I don't speak great in this area. And I'm just going to use that term. I don't speak great in this area. I don't speak great at being an electrician, at being a plumber, maybe at cleaning the kitchen, maybe at doing the dishes, maybe at vacuuming and dusting. Maybe I don't speak great at working on cars. I don't speak great at as being a leader, but I can follow good. But when that is taken from you when that's taken away when the excuse is taking away from you it's taken away it's removed i'm asking you to do this thing but i can't because well if i take that because from you now will you do it mm. if you say that i will go to this next level if this is removed the point of it is, is you have to be willing and have a mindset to say, I'm willing to change. I'm willing to do something I've never done before. Even in the midst of my, my negativity, even in the midst of my bad habits, even in the midst of the area that I struggle in, even in the midst of my lack of communication, even in the midst of my uh, lack of motivation sometimes or uh, lack of this, that, and the other. I'm willing to do something I've never done before. I'm willing to do something I've been called to do. I'm willing. But in order to do that and be effective at it, you have to know who you are.
You have to know you. You have to be honest with you. And it's only in your honesty that you can raise your hand and ask for help and say, hey, I'll do that, but I need help in this area because that's not, I, I don't know that. I can lead a team, but I don't know that song. I, I'm not great at typing. I can, I can mentor people, but I'm not great over here. And I need somebody who is great in that area. So I can do this over here. But it's only when you become honest with yourself that that can happen. Because there's so many people right now that are sounding my voice who right now are looking for jobs, looking for work, and they're falsifying all kinds of things in the resume. Yeah, I've done this before. I'm this, that, and the other, and whatever. And then they get the job, and they can't even function. I remember so many times in my life where um, I've actually seen people come in and they came in with they came in with the education. OK, cool. No, no problem. They came in uh, saying that they knew how to do this, that and the other. And sometimes they, they could. But in certain areas, which was the job description, the job description that was described and it said that you must be uh, proficient in this area. Once they came on the floor, the job floor, whether it was the office, whether it was the warehouse, whether it was, um, you know, the conference room, whatever that was, once they came in on the floor, you find out that everything they said they, they could do and be proficient at doing the job, they could not. And all of a sudden you find yourself, here it is now, this is your boss. This is your counterpart, your associate or whatever the case may be. And now you have to get them up to speed or train them. And then you find out that they have no training at all. Because they were not honest with themselves. They were willing to say and do anything they could do just to get in the door. With the hope that hmm, I'll get in the door, then you'll fix my problem. <laughs> yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It, it, it's a tough deal. You know, when you go through life and, uh, you know, you find yourself sometimes, you find yourself abandoned, you find yourself uh, forced out. Um, you know, I've been I've been abandoned before. And uh, especially if you talk about just not not at home. I know you each every one of you can talk about places of, a, of a, where you felt abandoned whether love life, relationships, whatever the case may be. But I know one, one thing for me, uh, I've been professionally abandoned before. You know, uh, it's one thing for you to love uh, the people that you love. Uh, you love the job that you love. You love the people that you work with. Um, you love being proficient at doing these things, and you love to see the... Uh, the profitability that comes out of that. You love to see the fruits of your labor, if you want to call it that, the fruits of your labor. And it's amazing how um, people can come after you for whatever reason and things are resolved. But then when people do you wrong, do you wrong. For me, you know, I was done wrong and I filed a complaint. And all of a sudden it was like, dude, why are you complaining? Like, wait a minute, if the shoe was on the other foot, it would have been handled the same day. And here it is almost a month later. Right. So, yeah, you, you, you feel abandoned. You feel like you don't matter. You feel like you're on a team, but not a part of a team. And many of you right now have gone through what is called abandonment issues. Parents, loved ones, you know, uh, family history, whatever the case may be, you've gone through abandonment issues you've gone through the problem of service some of you have um you're, you're waiting for your ship to come in meanwhile you're serving others mm -hmm. you're serving others in the midst of waiting for your own to come in you're struggling to figure out how to eat but you can always find you know food to feed somebody else who may need it more than you and it's tough because you know what you have need of and yet and still, while you're taking care of others, you're like, man, what about me? So I get that. And then, But then in the midst of all that, there's a time when you're going to get what is called the call. You're going to get a call upon your life. 
Maybe it might not be anything that you're um, used to. Maybe it's different. And then all of a sudden you question the call because it's different. And not everything we're going to be called to do is going to be something that you're great at. Sometimes there are some things that's going to stretch you. They're going to stretch your guides, going to uh, stretch who you are. They're going to squat, uh, stretch your uh, intellect, your communication. It'll stretch your love. <laughs> that call, let me tell you, sometimes that call will stretch your love. It also stretch your faith. Whatever faith that may be, it will stretch your faith. Your faith in man, your faith in God, your faith in uh, tactics, your faith in rules, your faith in accountability, your faith in practices. Many calls that come are not calls that make you comfortable. A lot of calls that come make you uncomfortable for a purpose. And it's in that purpose that you'll find the purpose. you find the purpose for your life, the purpose for your family, the purpose for your loved one. But it's through all these different things. You're going to have issues. You're going to have problems. You're going to go through all different things in life because life has a way of teaching us. It's called life university has a way of uh, grounding us, has a way of humbling us. But if you listen closely and you respond like you should, if you use wisdom before responding, I believe that there's a lot of things that's going to change in your life. All you have to do is go with it. All you have to do is say yes. All you have to do is be honest. All you have to do is what you're supposed to do. And that is to say, you know what? I don't have it all. I don't know it all, but it's in that that you'll find your purpose. God, I ask that you would bless those that are listening right now under the sound of my voice, that you'll love them, keep them. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm Sean, your host. Take care and be blessed. <laughs>